Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rhody Fisher. Good morning, listeners, and welcome. Let's pray. Gosh, Lord, thank you for getting us here. Thank you so much for your salvation and your word. Thank you that you do so much in us and through us. Lord, I praise you for this day. Lord, I pray that as we get into your word, you would give us understanding of what we're reading and what we're saying. Just get it deep within our heart. We love you, Lord. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Gosh, listeners, thanks again for joining us. You know, I wanted to talk about um, the fact that when I taught religious, I mean, release time Christian education years ago, um, I remember the first time I had these group of kids, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders from public schools, and we took them from their classes and onto the trailers that we had for them, and we had them for a whole hour. And the first time I was there, I asked these little tykes, listen, have you ever heard of Jesus? And if you have, raise your hands and tell me a little bit about who you think he is. And boy, did I get all kinds of answers. But for the most part, these children that never had been to church, maybe I'd say two or three of them out of a class of about 30 kids would would have been to church, but maybe one or two times, um, Christmas and Easter, or maybe for a wedding, but never on a regular basis. And for the most part, these little guys would talk about Jesus um, and say, you know, it has something to do with Christmas, right? We get presents, we celebrate this baby Jesus born in a manger. And so their whole idea was this little baby Jesus. And, you know, that is part of who he was. Um, He did come to earth fully God and then fully man. So he was born of Mary. Also, much to my surprise and my chagrin, I realized that some children would come up to me maybe after the class, sometimes raising their hand and during the class saying, yeah, Jesus is a name I'm familiar with my father or my mother or both, use it when they're mad. And we've all heard that, right? But these are third, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, and that's their memory, or that's their reality of who Jesus is. However, I think if you ask the average, maybe more better than average, Christian that goes to church every Sunday, maybe reads his Bible all the time, or his or her Bible all the time, or maybe it's studied a little bit more, you know, on their own. Um, What is that scripture, Todd, that says, um, study and make yourself strong, and that's in the word of the Lord. So God doesn't want us just to read the word. He calls us to study his word. Well, I think if you ask the average Christian, like I just said, that that goes to church and studies the word, 
they might come up with answers like, well, he's God. He's part of the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The Son is Jesus. They might even say things like, um, he died for our sins. He's the Redeemer. He is the Messiah. Um, born of the Virgin Mary, was died on the cross for our sins, went willingly, maybe even talk about the fact that on the third day he rose again, and on the 40th day he ascended into heaven to be with the Father. A lot of Christians can give you that type of description. So I'd like to begin by asking you, the listener, who is Jesus to you? Maybe he's, you know, part of a different religion that you're in, because I know that there are many religions that bring him in on board as a maybe a prophet, maybe um, a, a one of their gods. Uh, maybe, maybe you don't believe in him at all. Maybe you think that he was born and died, and he's not a, not a god at all. Maybe you're an atheist and think nothing of Jesus. Somewhere in between there is all of us. We have to come to grips with who this person is, Jesus. Well, I'd like to begin in Matthew 3, and we're going um, starting at uh, verse 13, and this is where Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist. So I'm going to start in verse 13, and it says here, and I'm reading out of the, um, I think it's the NIV. Yes, it is. Okay. And I know some of you don't like it, but here goes. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as John was, I'm sorry, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a glove, sorry, descending like a dove and lightning on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Now, we see that Jesus, you know, really didn't have to be baptized. You know, we get baptized, we Christians get baptized because we're making a commitment to Jesus Christ. We're dying to our flesh and coming up a new person. However, Jesus, and I was just thinking, my, my grandson, I was telling Todd this morning that my grandson just got baptized yesterday, and I was so proud of him. But Jesus did it for a few reasons. Um, The first reason is, you know, he wanted to be an example for us. He wanted for us to get baptized, and he was showing that um, he to his followers that he's going to get baptized. Another reason that he consented is here he was fulfilling the fact that he was righteous. The baptism also um, shows that John was calling him the Messiah. He was announcing that he was the Messiah. This is John the Baptist. And he also, Jesus was pointing out that we are sinners. We we failed. We need a Savior. And, And he was 
and we need cleansing of our sins. So for those reasons, he chose to be baptized. Now, we, as I said earlier, we get baptized because we're going to be followers of Jesus Christ. Um, the thief on the cross didn't get baptized, so it's not, it's, it's not something that we have to do, but it's something that we want to do, something publicly, so that we can say to others, you know, I'm dying to myself here. I'm coming up a new person after we've made a commitment to Christ. So I, I bring this story up because this is really the beginning of when Jesus' ministry begins, to, begins. And so he's baptized by John the Baptist, his cousin, and he's saying to everyone, I'm here. I'm the Messiah. I'm getting baptized. It's, it's one of the things that he does. I also want to read it out of John one twenty nine. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I, I wanted to read this because I remember the year my mother was knew that the Lord was going to take her home. As a matter of fact, she had several times that um, she feels that God was saying to her that this was the year he was taking her home. And I remember in September when I went to Hawaii, where I'm from, she um, was telling me, Rhody, I want you to sit here. Um, and she told me that the Lord was going to take her that year and that she didn't want me to cry, but she wanted me to tell people about Jesus. She says, don't forget to tell the children that Jesus loves them. And she told me after um, explaining how God had come to her and told her that um, her calendar was clear that year and it was time for her to go. And I was crying and I said, she said, you know, I've already told your sister this story. And she says, I really don't want you to be crying. My mother was almost 98. I mean, I should have known but I, you know, I, I, I wanted her to live to 120. That was my, that was my thought. I, I guess I never wanted her to leave. But she, that day after she told me that she was going that year, and so this was September when we talked, and she passed away by the end of that year. And she said to me that God had given her the scripture, John one twenty nine, And so I'm just going to read it to you. And so here it is. <clears throat> and this is also where John the Baptist is going to baptize Jesus. And it starts out with this. It says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. Oh my gosh, I hope I'm not going to cry. But my mother said that to me, and she said, Brody, I want you to remember, look, the Lamb of God, he's come to take away the sins of the world. That's why Jesus came. And so she wanted me to remember that scripture, and I do. So I thought I'd add it here, just proclaiming, Jesus, who is this man? Who is this God that we follow? I'm going to also take you to Jesus as he begins to pick his disciples and I'm going to take you first to Matthew 4, and we're talking about Jesus calling both Peter and Andrew. And as you know, they're brothers, or maybe you don't know, but they are brothers. And it says here in Matthew 4, 18, 
As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake. Now, this is, of course, the Sea of Galilee, but um, and it really is a big lake. But they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. I love that scripture. My last name is Fisher, and I love to use that scripture as the calling for me. When Jesus says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I find it interesting that the next um, line is, at once they left their net and followed him. I don't know about you, Todd, but I'm a little bit more rebellious, I hate to say. I would say to Jesus, wait a minute, we're about ready to fish here. We're fishermen. This is our job. We have to do this because we're earning money not to just feed us but our family. Wait a minute, follow you. We've just cast our nets. Now come on. But they drop everything and follow him. The other thing I find interesting, and I've said this before, they drop their nets and walk away from everything. You know, this, these nets are a, fisher's, uh, a fisherman's tools that they use to work with. It, it would be like a camera, like a photographer throwing his camera away and say, okay, Jesus, I'm following you. They have made no provisions to come back as a fisherman or do some other kind of work. They have left everything behind at one call. I, I think back at the amount of times, I mean, I accepted the Lord, I was 23 years old, but I can see as I looked back as a young 23-year-old, the many times that Jesus was knocking on the door of my heart, and I was looking and saying, no, no. I can look back at it, but at the time, I didn't think it, he was calling. But yeah, Jesus called them one time, and here they're dropping their nets they're, they're walking away from the thing that is, has been providing for them and their family all these years. And they're saying, I'm going to follow him. <clears throat> Let's go on, because the next, the next line in verse um, 21 is, is the story of James and his brother John. And they do almost the similar, a similar thing. They, too, are fishermen. So let's pick it up on um, Matthew four twenty-one. Going on from there, that's Jesus. He's walking on as he's going along the shores of Galilee. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Now look at here. (laughs) I find it humorous. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm just the type of person that just questions and, you know, is maybe a little bit cynical. But these two brothers, their father's right there. Their father is... Possibly the owner of the boat, I think he is. 
he's running the whole show. They don't say, Dad, listen, we're going to go over here. They just drop everything and follow Jesus. No questions asked. I, I love that about these two, but I find it really interesting because their father needed them to fish. These were not just fishermen, but the father had a whole, you know, business going here. And I, I know that because of, of, um, of reading it in another scripture. In, I believe it's Luke. I could go there. I hadn't planned to, but let me see if I can find it real quick. But the fact of the matter is, he says to them, follow, and they follow. And like I said in another scripture, it says that he had, Zebedee had hirelings on the boat. He had hired other people. So it's, it's not a weekend trip and let's go fishing, let's have fun. He's, he's got a whole business. And both John and, and James drop everything, leave, it, leave his dad with the, the, hired, the hirelings, and now they're too short. And they're going on this road with Jesus. Anyhow, God bless them for doing that. I, I love that story of how they dropped everything and followed him. I do want to pick it up and read one more scripture in Matthew. Let's go to Matthew um, 9, where Matthew is called by Jesus. Now, Matthew's kind of a different person. He is hated by the whole town. He's a tax collector, and, and pretty. he's got a lot of money. Maybe even some people even think he was wealthy. He was skimming off the top. You know, he worked for the Romans. He had a little booth where he collected this money. He taxed all the people in the town, and he actually overtaxed them so that he could take his share. And he kept the books for all the people in the town and how much they had to pay. And so people, as they walked next to Matthew, might have went to the other side of the street. Maybe they didn't even look at him. Maybe they looked down when he was coming their way. Maybe they sneered at him. Maybe they even swore at him or called him names. But whatever they did, they didn't like him. He was really unpopular. And here's what it says in Matthew 9. It says, Matthew 9, 9, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting in the tax collector's booth. Now, I want to stop there because I love the fact that Jesus saw a man. And, and Matthew's writing this. And he's talking about himself, and he says, Jesus saw a man named Matthew. Jesus looked at him. He must have looked at him. He saw, not just saw him, but he looked at him. He made eye contact. This was pretty unusual for Matthew. Not just unusual for him, but here's this guy that he probably saw around town and now maybe even becoming more and more visible, more popular. And here's this man, strong in stature, making eye contact with him. What are those eyes saying? Are those eyes looking at him in anger, in distrust, in hatred because he's a tax collector? Is he grimacing at him? No. 
he's probably looking at him with a lot of love. You don't run to a person if they're looking at you with ill intentions. So here's Matthew. He he sees Jesus looking at him. And he says here, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Now, when Matthew got up, he made, again, like the fishermen, made no provision that this thing with Jesus was not going to work. He, he wasn't worried about how he was going to get fed. He wasn't worried about where he, he was going to lay his head. He left his money there, his tax records of the whole town. And it says here, he got up and followed him. One call. Why was that? Those loving eyes calling him? The Bible says it's his kindness that brings us to repentance. It's those loving kindness eyes that Jesus in real life, walking on this earth, connects with Matthew. He looks at him and he says two words, follow me. At that, he drops everything and runs towards Jesus. No questions asked. So who is Jesus to them? They must have thought of him as the Messiah. They possibly, especially maybe Simon Peter and Andrew, may have been baptized you know, by John the Baptist. They were already leaning in that direction. They, they knew there was something special about Jesus, those loving eyes, that kindness that brings us to repentance. They, they could probably say they thought of him as God. They thought of him as the Messiah. Who did they think he was? They were going to give their whole life up for him. Drop everything. Drop their nets. Drop that money and that, those books, that, that rec- record books that kept the records of all those taxes. And they dropped it to follow Jesus, knowing that he was the person that they were going to go after. And they did, they, until the day they died. And, you know, many of them wrote books like Matthew, wrote the book of Matthew here. So ask that question to yourself. Who is Jesus to you? What does he mean to you? Is he God? Or is he something else? Are you really a follower? Or are you just a looker? Are you thinking that he's special? Maybe crunched in between your books, your religion? I know the Baha'is follow him. He's one of their gods. I know that he's in the Quran. And the Muslims think he's a really good prophet. Probably a perfect man. They even say that. They don't worship him as God. He's a different person for other religions, for other people. Who is he to you? Well, let's go on. I'd like to take you now to Jesus' first miracle. So we know that he has um, done a Sermon on the Mount. He has um, been baptized. He's selecting his disciples. So I'm going to leave this here right now 
and pick it up next week. So remember, listeners, we're going to come back and continue on this discussion as who Jesus is to you. But if you have heard this and heard how the disciples just heard Jesus call them and they followed, if you would like to follow him today and make you your Lord and Savior, then say this very short prayer with me, but mean it with your heart. And it goes something like this. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that you hung on the cross for for my sins and everyone else's. Lord, I ask that today you would forgive me of all my sins, and I'd like to follow you for the rest of my life. Thank you that on the third day you rose again, and on the 40th day you ascended into heaven. Lord, I'm going to follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have made that commitment to Jesus today, and you would like to let us know, we'll have numbers after I leave you as to who to call and how to get a hold of us. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, we're going to pick it up where we left off here next week on The Road with Jesus. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Spelled R-A-H, Fisher, at on the R-H-O-D-E with Jesus.com. Or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher.